and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday evening, March 1st, but by the time this episode will be posted, I'm sure it will be March 2nd. And today's episode breaks down the impending Thursday NBA slate. As you guys know, I am starting to target these Thursday slates for a betting breakdown show to d- discuss line movement, gambling trends, where the indicators currently sit, give out my best bets. And the reason to target these Thursday slates is because we have two national TV games, the TNT Thursday crew, and then generally one or two other games so we can go deeper into a lighter slate. We generally don't have teams coming off of back-to-backs. I believe the only team coming off of back-to-back that's playing tonight is the 76ers. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, But yeah, lighter slate, we can break down the whole thing. It's going to be a quicker episode. We ended up going a little bit too long on the last podcast on Monday's mailbag or Tuesday's mailbag. It came out. Make sure you go listen to that episode. It was a really important episode in terms of gambling theory, gambling logic, talking about what websites I use for resources, some of the other sharps that I track, and some of the people that really influenced me to get into this space. So Definitely a great episode that me and Gibby released on Tuesday. It was the NBA Mailbag Episode 1. If you guys have any questions about anything gambling related, they could be about a specific line. They could be about general gambling theory. It could be about the difference between NBA and NFL. It could be about March Madness coming up. Whatever it is, you can send it to me. Follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Send me your questions. Join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. You can certainly ask me questions in there. And I will make sure to add them to the growing list of mailbag questions that we are going to get through over the course of the next few weeks. All right, let's start this slate breakdown with the first game that tips off, which is the Toronto Raptors visiting our nation's capital and taking on the Washington Wizards. This game opened as a Toronto Raptors as a road favorite minus 1.5. The Washington Wizards is a home underdog plus 1.5. It is now down to Washington Wizards plus one, Toronto Raptors minus one. So it has gotten easier to bet and cover on the Raptors. It has gotten harder to bet and cover on the Wizards. However, in the betting splits, we are seeing FanDuel report that 61% of the early bets are on Toronto. 63% of the money is on Toronto. So one tick of reverse line movement. But beyond that, beyond just the one tick coming down, even though money's on Toronto, a.k.a. reverse line movement, we are also seeing changes in the VIG, the juice, the house cut, the odds. The minus 110 that's normally there is actually a minus 108 on the Raptors side and a minus 112 on the Wizards side. So not only has it moved from minus 1.5 at a minus 110 juice, it has moved down to a minus 1 at minus 108 juice. So not only are you getting a better line, easier line to cover for the Raptors, they're also making it cheaper for you to buy in. These are indicators when you're seeing a majority of bets already on the Raptors and they're making the line easier for you and cheaper for you. It is an indicator not to play the Raptors and that makes my first best bet of the Thursday slate, the Washington Wizards plus one, If you could find it at a minus 110, let me check right now. I see it's at a minus 112 on FanDuel. But you can get it for minus 110 on DraftKings. That is my first best bet of the day. The money line is minus 104. But of course, if we've talked about comparing the ratio of ticks, 
of half point movements to the amount of pricing that you get and change between the money line and just taking the spread. Getting a minus 104 instead of a plus one, you'd rather just take the plus one at minus 110 instead of paying three cents a tick or selling off three cents a tick, taking a cheaper line and hoping for the outright win. We know that one point games, I'm going to keep saying these things to you guys so they become implicit knowledge in your gambling memory bank. One point games occur 4.1% of the time. They are the 11th most common outcome in NBA games. And if there's a movement from minus one to minus 1.5, there's an increase about 2% with only half, uh, with half a point or one tick. An increase in about 2% because the game is priced there that it will actually fall there. So that 4.1% metric that I give that the game is going to land as a one-point game, that's for all games, whether the spread is 6, 7, 14, 3.5, 1. But if we just look at games that are priced around one or two points and then compare them to the outcome probability, we have about a 6.1% chance that this game ends in a one-point game. And for those reasons, I'd rather take the plus one instead of selling off on three cents on the tick. So if it's slightly more than 6% chance, which is exactly where I'm calculating it, then taking the plus one becomes worth it. The second game we're going to talk about is the Philadelphia 76ers visiting the Dallas Mavericks. And this game opened as a 76ers plus three, and it quickly ticked down to Philadelphia 76ers plus 2.5, which is where I jumped in. One of my best bets of the evening is on Philadelphia 76ers plus 2.5, but I'll explain in one second why I'm no longer feeling that great about it. Originally, when I approached the market, saw the indicators, I was like, I definitely want in on this ticket. The 76ers are on the second leg of a road back-to-back. Now, normally that would be something I absolutely despise, but we need to consider that Joel Embiid sat the first game against Miami, so we would expect him to play on the second leg of a road back-to-back. Harden is incredibly durable throughout his whole career. I would expect Harden, Maxi, Melton, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, all those other guys to play. So checking the early injury reports for the Philadelphia 76ers, there's nothing that alarming. So I really liked jumping on the 76ers playing against this new-look Mavericks team. This Mavericks team, which is incorporating new pieces, lost some of their defensive wings, kind of is trying to revamp their motion offense. You know, who's going to be the creator between Luka and Kyrie. They're starting to play off of each other a little bit more. They're taking a little bit of turns the past few games. They're still learning to gel, and it was very evident as they blew a 27-point lead to the Lakers. So this um, Dallas Mavericks team is 1-4, I believe, since acquiring Kyrie, and I like fading them throughout the last quarter of the season. Their schedule is pretty difficult. They need more wins than they're expected. I don't really like this Mavericks team, but in the playoffs, of course, Luka and Kyrie can be incredibly dangerous. And of course, you guys know I've been backing the 76ers team left and right all season, preseason priors, different games, trying to target their overs when I felt it was too low. Um, Yeah, so been very on the 76ers this season, and given the recent changes of this Dallas Mavericks team, I've actually been finding myself wanting to fade them. So when these two teams lined up and I saw the number jump from plus three to plus 2.5, I jumped in immediately for a full unit. I don't normally go in for full units in the NBA because we don't have too much information because these lines are matriculating, coming and going. 
within 24 hours. These lines were just posted at around 11 p.m. And the games tip off at 7.30 p.m. the next day. So we have less than 24 hours between these lines being posted and these lines closing. So for that reason, I keep my volume higher and my exposure lower. But this was a matchup. This was a schedule. This was a multiple factors coming in, line movement that I really liked. So I did jump in on a full unit. And then, big butt. Big butt here. B-U-T, not two Ts. And then I saw the line just jump from Philadelphia to plus three and a half. Philadelphia plus four and a half on DraftKings. Uh, what the heck is going on? I checked the injury reports. Nothing. I checked Twitter for Joel Embiid. I checked Twitter for Harden. I checked Twitter for Mavericks, Kyrie, Luka, anything. Nothing. So for me... Now the line is back at 2.5. It came down pretty rapidly. I don't know what that was. Was that some sharps hammering Mavericks minus 2.5? Was that some people worried that Embiid was going to sit again on the second leg of the back-to-back? There was early sharp action on Dallas. We're seeing you know 50-50 in, this, in the amount of bets, but 57% of the money on Dallas, which is why it's corresponded in some line movement going from originally this minus 2.5 all the way up to a minus 4.5. And now why is it back at plus 2.5? So when we say that we're using indicators, when we say that we're using line movement and betting splits to formulate indicators, we are trying to tell ourselves a story about what's happening in the gambling market. And when I look at this game right now and I'm putting all these pieces to the puzzle, it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's a Rubik's Cube that I don't know how to solve. It is a situation where I'm like, now these indicators are confusing me and I cannot formulate the story of what's happening in the market. And for those reasons, typically when I can't formulate the story, I don't want to get in the market. However, I already submitted the bet. The odds already changed and I can't buy off of it easily. Philadelphia is a plus three when I have them as a plus 2.5. So I would have to sell off at a loss before the game even happens. And given the NBA and the variance, you've seen me sell off certain NFL tickets relative to key numbers to common NFL outcomes. We have less variance in the NFL. And we have more common score totals that are more predictable. In the NBA, the most common outcome is seven which is a 6.5% chance of happening. In the NFL, the most common outcome is three, which has a 15% chance of happening. So nearly 3x, 2.5x, the most common NBA outcome is the most common NFL outcome. So for those reasons, when you have variance, when you have unpredictability without key numbers, you don't find yourself wanting to sell off tickets even if you lost value in the closing line. At that point, you're better off letting it ride. So I'm going to be letting my full unit higher than normal exposure ride in a situation where I have minus CLV and confusing indicators. I don't feel good about this one, but it does set up for a good teaching lesson to explain to you guys where you might like a line, you might like a matchup, but we need to not play our gut feels. I like to say, like, your gut is full of microbacteria that don't know the rules of basketball. So if you're listening to your gut in terms of what to bet, then you're an idiot. And uh, I was not listening to my gut. I was listening to the early numbers. I was listening to the fact that the Dallas Mavericks have been a team that Sharps have been fading. I've been listening to the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers are a team that Sharps have been buying in on. I thought this matchup would be prime. 
Everything what I do when I jump in on these opening lines is trying to predict the closing line. The more I play, the more exposure I put on correlates to my level of confidence that I'm going to beat the market by the time the game tips off. So I was hoping that this would become a Philadelphia 76ers plus 0.5 plus one or a pick em type situation. And that I was going to have two or two and a half points of closing line value. Right now, I either have zero closing line value or negative 0.5 uh, points of closing line value. And I'm in it for a full unit. So again, not the best, but a good teaching situation at that. The next game to talk about is the Pacers versus San Antonio Spurs. I'll tell you this really quickly. We don't really need to talk about it. I don't think that you guys should be betting on two tanking teams or two relative tanking teams playing late in the season. Both, I mean, no, Pacers are not bottom four, but both in the Wemba Yama, you know, sweepstakes. This line opened at uh, Pacers minus four and a half. It's down to Pacers minus four. So there is some Spurs money coming in on the market. I mean, you wouldn't catch me dead betting on the Spurs right now. I did bet the under. So the total at this game opened at 241, and I saw some 238 and a halfs in the market. So I saw Caesars at 241. I saw the opening line was 241, and I saw FanDuel and DraftKings had already moved it down to 238 and a half. So for that reason, I jumped on the under at Caesars for 241 because I saw by using line shopping and using multiple sports books to understand the direction of the market, I saw it going south from the open, and I thought I could still pick off an opening line and take it because it's probably going to move south. So now if you go to Caesars, it has caught up to the rest of the market. It's at 238.5. I have it 2.5 points of positive CLV, and I went in for three-quarters of a unit. I do think that now is probably where the line is supposed to be at this 238.5. This Pacers team under Rick Carlisle is heavy offense. This Spurs team plays absolutely no defense. So there is going to be one team that probably scores 130. It's just a matter of if the other team keeps it close or it becomes a blowout. Under 241 is one of my bets. But again, I don't know if I would jump on the 238.5 because the whether or not you should take the bet is correlated. I'll say this again. I literally just said it to whether or not you think you are going to beat the line by the time the game tips off. This feels like it's actually priced where it's supposed to be. So I'd expect it to stay around 238.5. Maybe it goes to 238, 237.5. But for those reasons, I think this has already moved and there's no need to get in on it right now. The last game that we are going to talk about is the Los Angeles Clippers going to the Golden State Warriors, taking on the, the dubs in the Chase Center and trying to beat the home underdog Warriors in their own building. Obviously, Steph remains out. He thinks he's going to come back next week. But Draymond got that clean clean MRI. He should be playing. Um, we saw this game open at Warriors. I think it, it opened at the 2.5. No, it opened at um, Warriors plus three. And it's pretty much there or 2.5s in the market. There's early money on LA. I got in on Warriors plus 2.5. You could find some Warriors plus threes in the market right now. It's a plus three at DraftKings. It's a plus three at Caesars. It's a 2.5 at FanDuel and BetRivers. So always make sure that you have multiple sports books because you want to be taking that plus three instead of the plus 2.5. That is a big difference. Plus three is a much more, three is a much more common outcome than two. Two is the eighth most common outcome in NBA circles. Uh, 
I know that three is in the top eight. I'm not exactly sure which it is off the top of my head. Maybe I should know that if I'm telling you guys that it should become implicit gambling knowledge, but just know that three is definitely more important than two. So if you could get a plus three, it's much better than a plus 2.5. The early handle on this game shows that the money's coming in on LA. So I would expect this to go back to the three or climb to the 3.5. And I think just like the 76ers, I'm probably in the wrong spot on this game. So it is not a best bet. Best bets are Washington Wizards plus one. And if you could still find the Pacers Spurs under 241, I'm also taking the 76ers plus 2.5 and the Warriors plus 2.5. But I don't feel like those are my best bets. I don't feel like I've gotten ahead of the market like I normally like to. But hey, good teaching moments to understand that we are not perfect, that the show must go on. And hopefully those tickets still cash because we rely on variance and unpredictability in the NBA. And I think that wraps up our slate breakdown. I didn't talk about any of the other totals, Raptors-Wizards total, 76ers-Mavericks total, Clippers-Warriors total, because there's been no movement in any of them. So there's really no indicator. The only indicator was on that Pacers-Spurs total, moving from under, moving from the opening of 241 to now under at 238.5. Really like that spot if you could get the original number still. All right, that wraps us up for today. We will be back next week on Monday doing a Monday mailbag. Be sure to submit your questions. Be sure to follow my picks all weekend at mfiddle14. And as always, peace out. Don't be the